like to talk about doctors. Uh, they're among our most trusted professionals. Nearly 70% of us rate them highly on ethical standards. Our lives and occasionally our balls are in their hands. Pfizer pays third-party royalties to the NIH and that the NIH is refusing to fully comply with Freedom of Information Act requests. We've been asking you, and you refuse to answer, whether anybody on the vaccine committees gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. Do you speak it? Doctors tell people lies because they don't trust you to finish the antibiotics after your dick starts feeling better. <laughs> so you ready? I am, sir. Okay. Well, well, welcome back once again to the Gentleman's Soapbox. Uh, I am Jake. With me is Sean. And today we are going to be talking about healthcare. Now, we're not going to start off with where uh, most people would generally assume healthcare goes in the United States these days, which is basically the idea of single payer healthcare versus insurance and all that. We'll probably we're definitely going to get into money in healthcare because you really can't with at this point without you can't not do it at this point. But where we're going to start here is something that's been kind of starting especially over the past couple of years in the wake of the COVID epidemic which is medical autonomy. The ability to decide for yourself how your own healthcare is going to go. I it, it's becoming more and more acceptable with a lot of people for the government to decide your health for you versus it being a conversation between your you and your physician. And I, I guess we'll just start off with the, the most glaring one uh, recently. I mean, I'm assuming, Sean, you've heard about the treaty that's coming out with the World Health Organization. I believe you sent it to me, actually, yes. Well, if, if for those of you who are not aware, there is a treaty that is on Biden's desk to be signed with the World Health Organization that will allow the World Health Organization to declare global wide pandemics. And once it's a once it is declared, then the World Health Organization can start deciding everything from lockdowns to vaccinations to uh, basically dictating laws in countries is the way this treaty is, is set on people's health uh, as far as making sure that the pandemic itself, as they've declared it, doesn't spread. Now, that may be all well and good. Some people may even agree with that. But the treaty is going about this in a rather interesting way. First of all, it's giving them arrest powers. You can, they can arrest and detain people. Second of all, it's also giving them broad spectrum uh, capabilities of deciding what it is that they consider to be a pandemic. It does not necessarily have to be a virus like COVID-19 or anything else of that nature. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine why anybody would have a problem with this. Well, if all you're thinking is off the top of your head is, okay, if we had a global response to COVID-19, it would have been so much better. Um, I, I would argue you that with that, but at the same time, it is, that's not as simple as what this is going for. No. And one of the issues that I see here just broadly is the amount of powers that they're actually giving the WHO. So one of their things is very kind of what I would consider draconian and would not – it would conflict directly with the First Amendment, which is they are able to surveil 
and arrest people who uh, spread, quote-unquote, disinformation or information that is counter-indicated by the WHO. So the the arrest powers, okay, that's that's one thing, but also the surveillance. This is – I mean it's a one-two punch that is very, very, very worrying to me in that um, – you're, you're now setting up a state where uh, the United States is not controlled by the United States. It is controlled by a foreign power. It is wide sweeping. It is not votable or vote. You know, you cannot vote out of it. It will be in 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 force by um, not just federal agents, but agents of the WHO which are later to be determined and funded by the United States, by the way. And they have unrestricted – it's sort of like when, um, you know, after 2001 when Department of Homeland Security was founded and everything and they gave them just these broad, sweeping terrorism – Patriot Act. Blank checks, yeah. This is the same thing, only now they don't just have to deal with terrorism or they, they don't have to. They're not just limited to terrorism. They're limited or they're 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 specifically writing in the ability to uh, limit your speech and honestly, your thoughts uh, on anything that is in their purview. So now, if you here's the problem with, that goes along with that, though. I'm sure there are people out there that are thinking that if you're talking about a global uh, worldwide pandemic similar to COVID-19, that this may not necessarily be such a bad thing. With that said, even if you think that giving somebody this amount of power is not a bad thing in order to prevent a worldwide epidemic, think about the last worldwide epidemic. Think about what went on with different governments as well as the World Health Organization. Think about what it is that we're figuring out now and ask yourself how much of what they did was either helpful or even the truth. Well, and, and, and that's what gets me, right? That's exactly where I was going was we are finding out now through actual verifiable proof that the conspiracy theories and misinformation that were uh, – characterized through the beginnings of the pandemic, like, I don't know, lab leak theories, like masks don't work, like, hey, has anyone checked this? You know, like uh, the, the vaccine stops the spread. The vaccine stops, you know, the now there are reasons why the, they wanted this stuff. But but what we're seeing here is the things that they absolutely told us 100%. Like, you can still get deplatformed on YouTube and Google and Twitter, or not Twitter anymore, but, but Facebook and stuff like that, and get warning labels if you mention anything to do with uh, the, you know, the COVID 19. Yeah, the plague. Um, you can still get deplatformed because they're still in effect. Right. You still really can't talk about that stuff. You really are being censored and nobody wants to talk about it. I mean, the the best like when you saw the wheel kind of turning a little bit is when people started asking for amnesty on on anti-vax stuff. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You persecuted. I saw a video the other day of of 
like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jimmy Kimmel and, and, and Sean Penn and all that kind of stuff saying crap, like unbelievable stuff. Like, you know, if you're an anti-vaxxer, they should just let you die and you shouldn't be treated in a hospital and you should be quarantined into your house forever. And, and until you get the vaccine, like, like horrible draconian stuff. And this was absolutely acceptable. Now, push that a little bit forward and don't make it acceptable. Make it the law. I mean, even then, the laws that we're running through right now haven't caught up with anything of information. You've got you've got athletes that have covid that are making it into the country without any hesitation whatsoever, whereas you've got athletes who just aren't vaccinated who can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like okay, it's... you're letting somebody with the disease in, but you're not letting somebody who just doesn't have the vaccine in. It is it is a very 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 slippery slope in which we seem to have made normal, and I'm not I'm not exactly sure how we got here from there, but it is now a a. A verifiable fact. Well, actually, it, there is really a path to look at as to how we got here, and it has to do with the money, but I'm not quite ready to go down that hole yet. We're going to get there. Because well, the there, other thing yeah, that, it does happen. The other thing that's going on is you're starting to have places, and, and California's not the only one with the law, it's just the one off the top of my head, where physicians who give advice counter to public health authorities are now going to be losing their license. Mm -hmm. So in the past, what you had with uh, physicians is you had what was referred to as standard of care. Okay. Now, a physician did not have to follow standard of care by law. Uh, if for whatever reason, because every human patient is different, they saw something different than standard of care in order to treat what they were seeing in front of them, they were, you know, for all intents and purposes, allowed to do that. What would happen, though, is if that didn't go the way they wanted it to, then they would be held accountable. So whether that be through lawsuits, loss of licensure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they were allowed to use their expertise to evaluate the situation in front of them and act accordingly. But that is no longer allowed. And that is really where they want to put it. Uh, and when I say they, I mean uh, the the government really wants to put that uh, restriction because it benefits them greatly to have the only voice be their voice, right? It's the only thing that matters. So and I, they can't get stuck in this. And I think there's a little bit more behind that because I'm going to throw it one other thing that is going to unfortunately drive us down the dollars and cents rabbit hole, which is the other law that's popping up recently is the uh, it's the FDA is going to make off-label use of medications, not something that you can do. Yeah. Okay. Now, for example, now I work in the cosmetics uh, medicine industry, and we, everybody has heard of Botox. <laughs> uh, sure. Now, Botox has several, not only does Botox have the cosmetic use that we all know and love it for, but it also has several off-label uses, everything from migraines to excessive sweating in the underarms and the palms. But that will go out the window. 
Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. You know, surprisingly enough, the cream that when you go to your doctor's office and you say your child has planter's warts, and the cream that your doctor gives them, surprisingly enough, is not FDA cleared for planter's warts or warts on the fingers. What it's for is surprise, surprise, genital warts. And you're, which means you're not going to be able. This, these are decisions that are no longer going to be able to be made by the physician. They're going to be made by the FDA. And here comes the best part about the law. These things are going to be suggested in by the pharmaceutical companies. And they don't have a thing to gain from this. No. And that kind of kind of takes us down the money issue, because what you've got is the pharmaceutical companies, as much as we want to know and love all of the wonderful things. Hell, I mean, I'm, I'm alive today uh, without having fallen into a diabetic coma because of the pharmaceutical industry. Sorry, I had to cough there. Um, and so, so it's kind of tough to look at the pharmaceutical companies and say, you're all evil. With that said, there is a decent amount of corruption and greed involved here because even then when we start talking about the different things that went in through COVID-19, the, free, the uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, finally got a hold of how many people in the FDA, the NIH, and the CDC are making royalties from companies like Pfizer. Mm, yes, and I'm guessing that's not like one or two or you there, know. There, there, there's there's a, there's at least one extremely notable one of otherwise known as the eminent Dr. Fauci. Mm. Surprise, surprise. Hey, that man is science. I saw it on TV. <laughs> but so what you're having is is rather than your health being dictated by yourself and your physician, it's now being dictated by corporations and the government. Well, that can't go bad. There's there's nothing that could go bad with that. Come on, Jake. There's, I mean, there, you sound like it's an abuse of power potentiality, and it's just, I mean, they can't do that because I heard on TV just the other day Biden say that wasn't the case. Yeah, he also said that my taxes wouldn't go up if I made less than $400,000. Surprise, did surprise, say the that. man lied. He did lie. <laughs> he he said all those things and all of those things happen. Uh, there's and and that's what and, and I'm down here in the south. So they have a healthy distrust of the government anyway. Uh, Is that how, government or government? Government. And government. That's that's pretty much how they say things here. And they they have a healthy distrust of it's like going into North Carolina and being like a tax revenue guy. You probably don't want to do that without a bulletproof vest on. Um, that it, it's bad. So uh, they they have a healthy skepticism of that. There's a lot of especially in Texas and, and places like Florida and, and Mississippi and Alabama, like the South, like deep South stuff. Uh, there's a healthy um, we're not doing that mentality here. Uh, however, I think they finally found and I think you put it succinctly. I'm pretty sure it was you. Because uh, I, I was talking to several people about this, but they finally found the sheepdog that the people will follow, right? Which is 
the whole like do this it's for your health you know it's to make everybody safer and every everybody bought it uh well we you know, all like, bought into it at least briefly until all of a sudden we it, it started to get so bad that it just stopped making any sense yeah you're like i don't think that's right <laughs> right mm. i mean you're like mm, no <laughs> and the worst part about it is it was there to be seen if you did it because worst part about it is is they weren't saying it but they weren't completely though there were certain things that were being uh, obscured they weren't hiding it you could go onto the websites for the CDC the NIH the FDA and you could see the same information that they were looking at yeah and no, they're yeah. sitting up there on TV describing the information that they're looking at, and you're reading the same thing going, that's not what it said. <laughs> not, not even kind of like, oh, well, I'm not a medical professional. It's like, no, no, this is English. That's not what it said. <laughs> hey, just a damn minute here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what's what's amazing to me is it took two full years to even become an issue, like even be talked about, right? And but, but that and was because they weren't allowing people to speak, right? And you, you, you know, hell, they're they're out there right now on Capitol Hill, uh, getting pissed at everybody who just who finally released the fact that you know the government was actually paying people like Twitter and Facebook to to cancel out people. Yeah funny that yeah and, and, and but see the funny thing is is they're not talking about that they're talking about the people who released that right you know i'm not sure what it is exactly that has to happen to get us a a a clear view on how we respond to pandemics, what I can with a hundred percent clear head tell you is this is not the last time this is going to happen. Once they found a button like this, they don't quit pushing it. So well, we go back what, to the, the WHO treaty, the, the, the list of things that they could actually refer to as pandemics. It, oh, it's it, huge. It, not, but not only that, and some sweeping. of them don't even have anything to do with health. No. So this is a uh, and and Biden signed us to this treaty without Congress's consent. And it's written in such a way that it just sidesteps Congress like we can vote on it or whatever. But as soon as he signs it, it goes into effect. Yes. Now, Congress can vote on it at some point uh, if Congress ever were to be a both house um, Republican would it would probably become an issue. But when you've got the two houses fighting against each other, it's not going to become an issue. And you're right. It was worded the fact that it it, it would go into effect even awaiting Congress approval. Yeah. Which which means somebody knew an awful lot about how the United States legal precedence is set up and helped to write it in that way. So to me, you're looking at a very concerted effort to subvert 
the will of the American people to hand over control of our country to a foreign body. Now, I know that sounds extreme and very conspiratorial. However, that's if you look, that's exactly what this will do. It's exactly what it'll do. I like the people who are out there going, well, that's not what it's. No, no. Did you read it? Did you? Yeah. (laughs) Because that's exactly what it says. It's exactly what it is. So. I'm uh, I'm very leery of that. But then again, they do what they want to. And this is something that I think a lot of people don't or a lot of folks don't really think they are doing whatever the hell they want. It doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter how we feel about something. Uh, they are doing a fantastic job. And when I say they, I mean the political enterprises in D.C., uh, the mainstream traditional media and um, billionaire influencers are doing a fantastic job of just keeping everybody enough off their toes that they don't concentrate. We don't band together. We don't concentrate on anything. We don't try and move where it might benefit us as a whole. We don't try and do that. And it's going to cost us eventually. Well, it is one of those ones where the the corruption is right out there where you can smell it without any hesitation whatsoever. It has everything to do with the money. The amount of money that are going to these pharmaceutical companies and the amount of money that they are throwing around in order to do whatever the hell they want is staggering. Just staggering. And you've got people with these cash pocket cash flowing out of their pockets as they're standing there in front of you going nothing to see here uh, who are just basically going along with whatever they have to say. Oh, no, no, no. We we, want to make sure that everybody gets vaccinated because we're going to make money off of each one of these vaccinations. So we need to make sure that there's some special form of mandate and any other possible treatment whatsoever. Well, except for the one that we designed is going to be called uh, horse medication. Or something of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I am of the opinion that there are a great deal of roadblocks in the way of of having any of this, like any any change to alter the trajectory of where they're taking us. We are so far behind the eight ball on that. So far behind the eight ball on that. Like there, it doesn't, it doesn't even read. You can't even track it how far behind we are of the powers that be that the, the deals have already been made. They've already made the plan. This is what's happening. We're just being fed it at, you know, a spoonful at a time so that when we actually get there, they'll go, Oh, well, we told you. Well, there's another interesting factor to this, because as much as as adults, they're telling us that we shouldn't have any autonomy over health care issues. I mean, and if you really want to, we could throw abortion into this and it could basically be the same thing, because the same people you've got uh, claiming body autonomy on one are saying the government should decide for you on the other. Mm -hmm. However, the one group of people in this country that they are now deciding should have their own say in their own medical uh, um, in their own medical care. To the point where it's really funny how it's flip-flopped is children. 
<laughs> you know, it, it's it's now becoming more and more possible for a child to seek out their own medical care. Now it is being done in the auspices and a lot of and a lot of issues with regards to um, sexual identity, uh, and that can be a complete entire de- debate on its own. Uh, but at the same time, is we there are so many things that we are decided that children are not mature enough to decide for themselves hell we're even making excuses for some children for murder because their brains aren't developed enough however they can make healthcare decisions for themselves and i don't see with, that with, without any yeah. not, not even like uh i can overrule my parents i don't even tell my parents yeah they don't have to no <laughs> they just don't have to now which, uh, and, I, and for I, those of you who, if if you happen to be living in a red state or in a not quite insane state, um, you may not necessarily be seeing this. But in places like California, Washington, Oregon, uh, New York, uh, in in places of that nature, these are laws that are now on the books. Mm-hmm. And. I, I and it's funny because when you look at these these uh, very blue areas, you know, you're talking about your Illinois, your Chicago, your New York, or you know, your Illinois, your New York, your California, um, those Oregon, those places are concentrating so hard on very very um, liberally social ideals and not taking into account the social and physical ramifications of those things because they want to be seen as being progressive, right? They want, they desperately want that, that higher more quote unquote higher moral ground. And when you've got it, it hasn't worked out well for a lot of this take uh, uh, law enforcement, for instance, you know, we're going to community policing. We're taking away the the policing aspect. We're we're you know we're not jailing people. We're not doing. All, we're going to go after the guns. We're going to make it difficult to have a gun in this state or whatever. And look what happens. All of those places are the worst crime in America. Well, I, th- I think the uh, the joke I heard from Bill Maher this week was uh, that the the State Department is talking about. Uh, it is directing Americans to avoid uh, cities with high gang level um, activity, meaning Mexico. But the people in Chicago going, we, we already live here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait just a damn minute. Yeah. Uh, For the record, I know I flucked up that joke. <laughs> but there's... Uh, <laughs> They're they they go these way because in the in the quote unquote name of progress, but they're not looking at the ramifications down the road. It's incredibly short sighted. I know we've gone over that before, uh, but the the rules that and and it doesn't even make sense sometimes the way they do it. Like you talk about healthcare, right? Basic healthcare. Let's let's you know drill down to healthcare, and you get uh healthcare div- you know for a certain individual okay well 
a lot of these states and a lot of these new rules and laws and all that kind of stuff take Roe versus Wade. Uh, you know, they're they're talking about women's rights, okay? Women's reproductive rights, women's health rights, all that kind of stuff. And you cannot get any representative of any House or, or Senate member or anything like that to publicly look into a camera and explain to you what a woman is. You cannot get it. Well, Either side. Well, I, I, well it's, that's an unfortunate fact of whatever definition you give, you can't win. You can't win. Right. Because no one wants to step on anybody or nobody wants to say their real beliefs because at least 10 to 20 percent a very vocal 10 to 20 percent on either side. Right. Far right. Far left is going to scream blue bloody murder. So, OK. You want women's rights and women health care, but you can't define for me what a woman is. Like, how does that even work? You know, like what? And then if you want all these women's rights, well, what rights do the men have over reproductive rights? Oh, well, none. OK, is that is that cool? Yes, that's the way it should be. OK, so you can define what a man is, but you can't define what a woman is. Yes. OK, something seems wrong. <laughs> You know, something that's this is not right. So it's the the duality and the 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 whole like mealy mouth thing. It's it's the willingness to once you've decided on a trajectory to not be willing to examine any other evidence whatsoever, especially, God forbid, it debunks your theory. Yeah. And and they can't have an honest to god debate about it because then they'd have to admit where they stand, and they don't want to do that either. So it, it's a very difficult uh, manifestation of where their ideology has brought them. They've painted themselves in a proverbial corner, and they they don't know how to get out. So what they do is just yell at somebody in another corner and go, "Well, they're wrong," and not address the problem. And that seems to be working, quite honestly. I mean, we've we've got us so far behind the the curve on this that that we don't understand how to get loose. And you know, I don't see that changing until because people are inherently lazy, and I truly believe that people are inherently lazy as a society. That's what we are. That. <laughs> as a society, that's what we are. And as long as we are comfortable. In air conditioning, with enough food to eat, and cell phone signal, Wi-Fi. We're not going to do anything, and they know that. So well, we they can do anything they want. Yeah, we proved it to them. They locked us in the house, gave us food and Wi-Fi, and we, were, we, we went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what do they got to worry about? They don't have to worry about anything. And they know it. They know it now. Like, really know it. So... I, I mean, we're, it's going to get worse, right? This HO, this this WHO thing is just the first in a in a long line of, um, and honestly, I mean, it goes right back to to you will own nothing and be happy about it. That's really where they're aiming, you know. My my question is is I know we've got to we've they've already thrown out the you will own nothing and you will be happy about it, but I where I'm going with. Sorry, brain went in two different directions. 
Um, where we're going on this point right now, though, is you're not going to have control over your own body and you're going to like it. That's not true. Trump said they were going to have them pay for child uh, child rearing or, or well, women to have that, babies. I was going to save that for the end, but we do actually have to have a damn it. Sean was right segment. <laughs> Sean has been talking about for years now the fact that at some point in time that they, especially with the falling birth rate, that they were going to start subsidizing people having children. And damn it, if President Trump, the worst part about this, I didn't think it was going to come from that side. But President Trump, or excuse me, former President Trump, now presidential candidate Trump, once again, has suggested exactly that. Honestly, it doesn't surprise me. It does surprise me where it came from. I really thought it would come from um, established conservatives, right? Um, See, I I thought it was going to come from, and and maybe I'm way off. I thought it was going to come from feminists in the process of doing, well, you know, not only are women allowed to have abortions left, right, and center, no matter what they want, but we can have babies too. In fact, you should pay us to have babies. No, what they, I, I see. I don't think that's the way the feminists will go because the feminists really don't want them to have children. Uh, like hardcore feminists really don't want women having children because ah, that would mean, that to into it yeah, point. see, that would mean that you'd need a man for some point of it, you know, for, for some reason. And there, that's not what they're into. Like you go, girl, you do, you, you have sex all the time. You, you do, uh, uh, you know, your career and, and you'd be self-sufficient and strong, independent woman, but you don't need a man for anything. Right. And that's kind of how they view things. So I knew it had come from the conservative. I didn't think it had come from him. Uh, however, that is right in line with where I think we're going. Uh, well, they are they're going to figure out very swiftly that this isn't working as far as re- reproducing the population and the tax base, which is really what they're interested in. Well, I, I tell you what, though, I did read a statistic that I thought that it's really been funny because the few people on the feminist side have been made absolutely apoplectic by this one, uh, or at least the ones I've seen comment on it, which is when you start talking about uh, levels of incarceration in this country and you start talking about family and revolt and revolt to that, um, We've heard before that not having a father in the home dramatically increases the level of possibility for incarceration for uh, young people, both men and women. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to know statistically? What, do you want to know what statistical effect not having a mother in the home does for that? Nothing. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna guess it has very little. Zero effect on that whatsoever statistically. So when you start talking about the possibility of your child becoming a criminal, it is statistically more important to have a father in the home than a mother. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Um, well, because and, and I say this all the time and, and people yell at me for it. And I know there's there's conservatives and liberals. Both both sides of it don't like this. It's a two part statement. One, um, we are built as a species to have a a kind of dual 
raising capability, right? And which gets me in trouble with the liberals. And then the conservatives, I'm like, look, moms and dads teach different lessons. You learn different stuff from mom than you do dad. Dad teaches different lessons than mom does. Dad looks at situations differently than mom does. You learn different lessons from the pair of them. And one of the things you learn from dad is there's consequences for the crap you do. <laughs> well, I mean, um, the only thing that this particular study looked at was incarceration rates. I'm going to make a anecdotal guess here that if you start talking about uh, rates of uh, healthy relationships, that that flip flops. What do you mean? The, have it, whether or not you've got a mother in the house or a father in the house. Well, even with a healthy relationship, so I like, uh, and I tell this story all the time. There's like, I can tell you every time with with 100% accuracy when they come to the door, which little girls in our neighborhood, because I have a little girl, so I have girls come to the house all the time and ask the girls to play and all that kind of thing. I can tell you with 100% accuracy which ones have an active dad in their life. And which ones don't? And it's very simple. I'll tell you exactly They're how the it works. Well, it, it, more than that, it's it's if girls have a dad in their life, when you answer the door, they will look you in the eye. They will talk to you. Oh, hi, Mr. Michaela's daddy. Um, is Michaela home? My dad. Look at my elbow. See, I got a new bike over there, and and this is and I I fell down, and it was a thing, and oh wow, that's a nice dog. And like. They just keep going, right? They don't care. They're used to you. They understand how to interact with men. They're, they are not afraid of you. They're not anything, right? They're just like, oh, good, somebody to listen to me. Here you go. Here, I'm going to date a dump on you now. Those girls have a dad in their life. The girls that don't have an active father in their life will ring the doorbell. You answer the door, and it's like you're a predator. They will not look you in the eye. They back up a step. They won't speak. Sometimes they just flat run away or just be silent and stare at your knees and wait for you to go get somebody. You know, like they, they have no idea how to interact with you. And it happens. And even in full grown women, I can tell you the same thing because I look for the same thing. They will look down. They won't. They don't want to interact with you. If they didn't have a, a father in their life, it's a weird scenario, but it happens. And there's just little clues. You can tell if they had a dad or not. And it is it is almost 100 percent accurate. I can tell you every neighborhood girl who has a dad in her life because it's easy to see they're used to that. You know, oh, I know what dads are for. They fix stuff and they do things. And, you know, like, here, look, my bike's chain fell off. Fix it. You know, <laughs> I don't care. You do stuff. I know that. I know what men are for. Like they. And they have no problem with that. And most men are happy to do that for them, right? Especially if you're a dad. This is nothing new for you. Um, I, I, you, you, all that to say, you, you learn different lessons from dad. You interact with men differently if you have a father in your life because you're used to them, right? Yes, we are louder. Yes, we operate solely on cold-ass logic. Like, okay, I told you 10 times this is what was going to happen the next time you did it. And here we are. You did it again. 
here we are. So guess what's going to happen? I can't believe you're going to do this. <laughs> Did I not say I was going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> Did you believe me when I said, I guess so. Have I ever lied to you about the consequences of your action? No. My, so. my favorite in my house when mine was younger was, um, I'm going to hate you. And I went, okay, kiddo, we have a strong history of people hating their parents in this family, so it's not going to be new and special. <laughs> exactly. I am prepared. That means that now what you have just said to me is, Dad, you're doing your job. You know, like like that's what you're saying is translating very differently from <laughs> well, what's, not, what I'm hearing. Not only that, we talked about it earlier. Somebody said, uh, told, referred to me as being an evil father, and my daughter's response was, I have a list. Yeah, no, that's that tracks. Yeah, no, that's that's about right. I mean, there's there are a great deal of of tells for that but i i'm convinced that a a perfect scenario a perfect storm for government approval of a child rearing family situation is no father involved at all well that that kind of brings everything around to it is we're, we're talking about needing government approval for your health yeah <laughs> Not, government approval for your family government approval for your job government approval for whatever I, you know, and that's really what we're talking about with regards to healthcare at this point is the idea that, you know, everything that you goes on between you and your physician is going to have to be government approved. That also yeah. kind of brings us into the last part of this that I want to talk to before we tried to put a positive spin on this is the whole idea of insurance versus socialized medicine. I. Is our insurance system in this country broken? Without question. Is socialized medicine necessarily the answer? Uh, well, we've seen it work in other countries, but do you honestly believe that the, not government in general, the U.S. government is capable of taking on health care for the entire state, United States? And, and I'll bring you back to the same example that I've used every time somebody's ever had this discussion with me. Look at the VA. Well, there's that, yeah. <laughs> they can't do it for veterans. What makes you think they can do it for the rest of the country? I I don't. I, I really don't think they can do that. And if you look at socialized medicine for um, countries, take our nearest neighbors. Look at Canada. There's a right? lot of weird things coming out of Canada with their health system right now. Yeah. You know, like you could be in a place in Canada where there is no doctor or no close doctor or no doctor rated for what your problem is, and their answer is deal with it. Well, you, Holy you, crap! It, you it, know? It, it can take literally years at this point to get a new family doctor in Canada. Yeah. Now, I, like, I recently changed mine. It took me um, just a bit by the time I made appointments with one and got documents over for the other, it took me a month. Yeah. And it's like, no. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, is um, uh, now it's one of those ones that you're seeing reports and news articles come out, but it's it's actually so drastic that I do question it. But at the same time, you've got people coming out of the country saying, yes, it's absolutely true that, you know, euthanasia is now not only 
legal in Canada, but being suggested. Yeah, medical assisted suicide is indeed a a suggestible thing in and, Canada. And then not not only for now, if you're talking about the things like die with dignity, if you have a um a a, a disease that is going to kill you. Uh, th that is a debate that I'm quite willing to have, and I will probably come down on the pro side. Um, when you're talking about offering uh, assisted suicide as a response to depression, really? This is a good idea? When you're looking at people who simply have to wait years for their life-saving surgery and saying, well, we can do assisted suicide instead... Really? Yeah. Somehow uh, I'm getting uh, a, a a fat no from that. Uh, as as far as like what I would like, although in in our lifetime, I am convinced that uh, the government is just going to wait for Gen Xers and the Boomers to die so that they can infect some of this stuff. <laughs> Just be like, oh, no, that's the way it always was. You know, like I, I'm pretty sure that's how that's going to go, because it's the, the, the level of healthcare is not going to get better in this country. Well, uh, there, there's also the issue in which it's, it's why I kind of go in with the uh, die with dignity concept is uh, we also have a thing in this country, which I would disagree with, which we uh, focus on length of life versus quality of life. Mm -hmm. No, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yes, they're they're a vegetable, but the only thing left on them is their pain sensors. So not only are they a vegetable, but they're a vegetable in agony. Um, but we can't pull the plug on that. Yeah. So far, I'm not seeing the benefits. You know, <laughs> <laughs> something about this is wrong. Let's try and narrow down what that is. Uh, but uh, nobody's got it right. As far as I'm concerned, right now, I, I don't think there's there's a lot of of perfect solutions. In fact, there isn't a perfect solution. However, I can tell you that the way the U.S. is dealing with it right now is perhaps not the best way. Uh, we see that all the time. Uh, the medical expenses have gone out of control. Uh, we have left it to the lobbyists and the people getting kickbacks off said lobbyists. Uh, to determine our medical futures. And for the first time, we are the first world country, and I've said this before on this cast, we are the first, wor or the first, first world country that the life expectancy has actually gone down in the last 10 years because of our fuckery. Well, let, let's take a step in a positive direction on this one, though. Because with all of this being said, the U.S. actually has the most capable healthcare system in the entire world. If you need to survive something, the United States is where you go. Mm -hmm. Whether it be cancer, some sort of weird disease, we provide you know the survivability rate for just about anything is orders of magnitude higher than just about anywhere else in the world. That is true. If you can convince somebody to do that, or if you have the right insurance, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we have the capability 
a hundred percent. We have the the uh, education. You know, we have more doctors here from higher end universities. Uh, we have uh, more. Well, not only that, you were talking on another podcast about people who are leaving the country to have certain procedures done. They're they're going uh, out to other countries because some of those procedures are not necessarily considered ethical in the United States, which is debatable. But that being said, they're still going to physicians who were trained in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's true. They're just going into uh, either another country where they don't have rules on that or they've they have a supply of whatever it is, you know, stem cells, whatever. Uh, I, I honestly think that there are a number of abilities that or or things that we could set up that would smooth the the hurtful transition from screw you come back you know like like the canada like yeah we got nothing for you to you know the european like uh i mean they have certain uh standardized uh, uh medical care there as well in certain cases and it works a little bit different uh versus our um insurance nightmare that we have here i think there's there's some kind of uh pick and pull plan that we could do to make things better i really do um you know and i know that we've gotten an email that that says you know we're we're way off base on some of this stuff and some of this stuff will never work and and everything and you're probably right uh however i i don't know if what we could do right now is feasible inside of the limitations of our current political system. We have the capability for it. We have the technology for it. We even know in some cases that we could help better now with certain technologies um, that that we're not doing, right? We've been entirely focused for the last, I don't know, three years on on one particular it, issue on one particular issue we've done nothing else right like there's no other big thing all we're focused on is this big thing that that happened a, a pandemic that happened a couple of years ago and we really haven't moved on from it because we we all reacted so badly to all of it that it, it's it's stupid <laughs> you know you look at it and go wow I don't know how the history books are going to clean this up, but it's going to be a mess. <laughs> so, right, because they're always there's always going to be history written on all that kind of stuff. Have you ever read the history books on what happened at 9-11? Oh, God. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, wow, it makes you question the rest of history because you're like, that's not what happened. <laughs> you know, those are physical events that happen. That's not why they happened. You know, like, holy crap. Um, that's what they taught you? Yeah, that's – no, I was there. <laughs> you know, like, I was alive. This happened in my lifetime, babe. I was an adult when this happened. No, 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 no. Let me tell you what's going on. Well, uh, look, that, that could be a whole other topic, which is the fact that they're trying to change history at a rate at which – uh, even the stuff that those of us who are alive to see it are sitting there going, um, no. And you know what I related to? Spaceballs. Which part? 
When did it happen? Just now. <laughs> we're just playing. missed it. <laughs> Actually, the part what I always equated to is: Do you remember in Interstellar where the teacher is trying to explain to him that the moon landing was faked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell at least thinking is is you are such a moron. Yeah, you're still like no. <laughs> Now, for the record, if you are one of the people who thinks that the moon landing was faked, please send us an email. I'd love to hear your theory. Um, <laughs> also, any flat earthers, I'd love to hear your comments on the thing. But uh, <laughs> I, we have the most capable healthcare system in the world. It's just a matter of how are we utilizing it. What I am totally looking forward to is like a lot of the changing of the guards in because right now our our political system is completely run by boomers right almost completely and the the ones that aren't boomers are even worse uh but but let's say the the alzheimer's medication quotient for congress in the senate goes or you know for the house in the senate goes down by a significant amount all right and maybe the presidency. You, you, who knows? you mean like when when the senator people like Senator Feinstein who retire without knowing that they retired, <sighs> or like our president can't count to three. <laughs> three, two words made in America. <laughs> I still like this. They, they, the Senator Feinstein's office puts out a. Uh, press release that she's retiring and then she gets asked on the Capitol steps two hours later so you're retiring she's like i am you know it's <laughs> it warms my heart to think that these people are making life and death decisions for us you know like we're gonna give it over the who isn't that great no that's that doesn't sound great to me at all <laughs> Uh, you You're know, giving I've, it to people worse than you. I've seen a lot of, you know, TED Talks and, you know, interviews lately with, uh, you know, uh, sociology experts who are claiming that the millennials are going to save the country. And are they now? <laughs> How is exactly? Uh, look, I'm positive. I'm positive. At least it's not. The, they couldn't do worse than the boomers. OK, so. What is their plan? Do they do they have one? I don't know. It's just the this sheer simple fact that they're like, once we get rid of all these senile people, we'll be okay. Well, I kind of share that view as well. However, I know it won't be Gen X that takes over because there's just well, not enough I, of us. Actually, what what it is is the fact that I at at almost fifty years old, I am quite quite familiar from many many mistakes in my life that the grass is not greener on the other side. So, oh, yeah. So it's the fact of, OK, do, 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 do the boomers running the country now suck? Yes. Are the millennials going to be better? They're going to be different. I don't know if they're going to be better, because, as I said, I have no faith in the fact that that grass is greener. I saw a comedian the other day and I, I don't remember who it was, and I am sorry not to attribute it to whoever it needs to be to. But he's like, look. I support 2A, and the reason I support 2A is because I see it coming. There is going to be a point. He goes, might not happen in my lifetime. I don't know. However, there is going to come a point 
where the people who think we don't need guns and just need flowers and that guns shouldn't exist are going to go right head to head with the people who believe in the Second Amendment and have all the guns. And, and I think the, his statement was, and it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a bloody massacre <laughs> because you can almost divide the line completely between red and blue. And he goes, let me tell you, the people with all the guns are going to win. <laughs> this is going to be a massacre. <laughs> then didn't he finish it up with, honey, I think we should get a gun. Honey, why? Well, because we like food and water. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You've seen it. Too. I think I said it to you. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> you know? Like this is this is what's going to happen, right? Because when it comes right down to it, you're right. Uh, the the millennials are going to take over. It's not going to be Gen X. There's not enough of us. And honestly, we are not exactly what you call a proactive bunch. All right. We have been ignored our whole lives and we're content to be continued to be ignored. What's going to happen is you're going to get those people. The other thing is, is if you have to admit it, we are the fuck it generation. Oh, 100 really percent. Fuck it generation running the world. You know, we what's, are, his, what's his red button do? Oh, fuck it. We are completely like wholeheartedly apathetic uh, as as a generation. We're, we're pretty apathetic. You really don't want us running things. It's not a good idea. We're great at working. We can produce a lot of stuff. We can tell you how to make stuff. We can tell you how to build stuff. We can work really hard. You don't want us in charge because um, we don't care. <laughs> we just speak. We've spent our whole life not caring. Nobody's nobody suggested that we should and they're really pretty happy with us not so that's really going to be your trajectory so they're right it is going to be up on the millennials to do that and here's why i find that positive and i know you think it's a punchline it's not i find that positive <laughs> <laughs> i find that positive because millennials are about to start being that age where they care about the same stuff as old people, right? They're, the large majority of, of millennials is now upper 30s, lower 40s, yeah. right? And they're looking around like, crap, I don't have anything, I don't know how to do anything, and I don't know how to get anything. This is a problem. And they are at the point now it took them 10 years late to get there, but they are at the same point Gen Xers and boomers hit in their late 20s. Crap, I got to lose weight, get a new job and find a new career. You know, like the the, the well, pandemic that, that, sped that, that up for them. Well, not only that, but, you know, there was enough of a safety net for millennials through their 20s and uh, 30s that the boomers and the older Gen Xers created for them because, you know, we wanted to protect everybody. Now that they're reaching their late 30s into 40s and the people holding that safety net are too old to be and weak to continue to hold it, they're suddenly looking around and going, shit, this is on us. Yeah. And that's going to be a problem. Right. This is the problem that they're going to have going forward. They're going to look at this and go, oh, <laughs> they didn't teach us math. <laughs> it's written in cursive crap. You know, 
Like, there, there's... <laughs> what do you mean it works with a stick shift? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the third pedal for? <laughs> I'm confused. I need a safe space. No, I, I, I really think, like, well, confronted but, but, with reality, the but, millennials will have to adapt or they'll starve. And this see, is great news for the rest see, of us. But see, at the same time, what, you're, what the millennials are starting to figure out um, is that there is no safety in the safe space. Well, yeah, that's the bad part of being, <laughs> being in the safe space. It's not as safe as you thought. No, because because you're at some point in life going to have to come out of the safe space, which is basically what they're doing now. They're coming out of the safe space and realizing that all of their problems are still there. Yeah, and I'm I'm really waiting. I really am for the realization that not only have Gen X not been lying to them. What's happened here is a fundamental misunderstanding of where truth comes from. And once they move from crap, we've overshot this to what the hell can we do about it? We're about to get some shit done. You know what I mean? Like, like they're going to figure that out, and this is going to be a fantastic time. We just got to get there. And that's going to take a minute. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's eh, it's going to take a minute. We're going we're gonna to have some issues. <laughs> well, uh, Pelosi's going to have to give up her, uh, her, her stock market buyback process before, uh, the, before the millennials can take over. Oof. Yeah, that's going to... It's going to put a crimp in everybody's plan right there. But I, I, no, okay, okay, I'm going to throw this out. I know it's completely off topic. It was just one of those things I found absolutely staggering that if you look at members of Congress, they are beating the market by 50%. Yeah. 50%. It's like that, that is so staggeringly unheard of. You say that like it's a surprise. <laughs> I knew there was chicanery involved. I knew there was skullduggery. I knew that it was all bullshit. I didn't realize the bullshit was that thick. Not only is it that thick, it's, uh, I mean, it's just gotten blatantly worse, and they're allowed to do that. So why are, why, I don't, see, the problem I'm having is, like, I don't know why anybody's surprised by this. Like, to me, it seems fairly straightforward. Ah, yes, they've been cheating. You mean we've let them cheat the system by using skullduggery to do this for how many years? The, the, the conversation Ever. I and you've heard me say part of what I'm about to say before. And the conversation I was having with my brother yesterday was part of what's going on recently that has just got people floored. And, and I think it's to the point where people don't even know what to do with it, which is why they're still watching CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and, and still going, well, 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 OK, what changed with the Trump presidency is that they're not hiding anymore. Yeah. Well, Trump, they don't have to. Trump, Trump showed them that they could be out there in the open and no one was going to do anything about it. Or they could just sit there and go shrug their shoulders and go, what are you going to do, indict me? You know, even then, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, it's, and it's funny that when you start looking around and realizing that the, the shit that's going on right now is shit that would make Nixon blush. Yeah. 
And the stuff that Nixon got, got, got had to resign for is being done openly today. Yeah. With people going, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And and what's worse to me, what's worse is there is a blatant disregard for shame. Right? Like they just they're not even apologetic about it. They just don't care. Well, it, once again, the Trump presidency showed them that they didn't have to. Yeah, they didn't have to pretend. Uh, so why would you? And, and and that's part of what you can see going through with the Biden presidency is they've looked around and went, oh, oh, th- we, can, we can do. Oh, well, fuck it. Then let's just do it. So and, and then you wonder why. <laughs> why people are upset. <laughs> right. Like just a damn minute. Here. Um, OK, so uh, they get to do that. Yeah. It's not illegal. No. <laughs> okay, so so why do they get to that? Well, because it's not illegal, and you said they couldn't, or you you did you haven't said they could, and even if they do, how are you going to prove it, or how are you going to change it rather? Because they the ones set, who have to change it. Yeah, they set whether it's legal or not. Well, that seems like a conflict of interest. Yes, this is amazing how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> it's. It's almost like they've they've managed to to make it uh, to their benefit. So, to me, this is not um, surprising. It is just for me. It's it's hopeful that now the the millennials are exposed to this style of as you use skullduggery and, and they're, they're, they're now like questioning whether this is a good idea or not. That's, that's perfect. Right. That's, that's where we wanted them. I, I, I this is, this is a hopeful thing for me, you know, like, like this is where we wanted them to get. Right. But it's always been very difficult to do that because of where they started out like the, they haven't had a good year well they, but they started out with accepting things like even what we started out talking about which was the idea that the government knows better than you or your doctor does on how to control your health mm, yeah but but that but see that i know i'm you know you know doing the worst transition ever back to our original topic but that being said that's kind of where we're at is the fact that you've got these young people who are used to that idea, who do not see the problem in that. And and maybe never will, because they've been conditioned, quite masterfully so, I might add. They've been conditioned to know or to to um to believe in what they've been told and what they've heard and, and how that, that system needs to work. And it's simply not true. So really, I, it's a brilliant play. I mean, they, they've waited us out, and they've they've waited for all the the people who should know better to not teach their children that the fox sneaks into the hen house, and they just accept. And then they told the <laughs> then they told the hens that the fox is really just a weird looking chicken, and it's fine. <laughs> 
pay no attention. <laughs> and it works. It works. It's masterfully done. I hats off to them. It is it has been masterfully done. I think that society 50 years from now will be so unrecognizable from what it is today. I wish I was alive for it. I don't think I'm going to be <laughs> right because the way the healthcare system currently treats us. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> totally would be down to see it. You know, uh, I, I, I look forward to how the millennials and I truly believe the millennials will fundamentally change the way the world works. They will. They'll wait for everyone to die off. Gen X isn't going to care and they're just going to make arbitrary rules. And I can't wait to see how they fuck stuff up. Because everybody's going to Gen Z and the Gen below them are going to point to them and go, what are you people doing? You're stupid. Well, see, it's see, going to be great. They're worried about Social Security and all of that. And the Gen X people are never going to get it because we're never going to have to stop long. We're not going to be able to stop long enough to actually retire. Oh, we're all going to no. die at work. And so and fuck off Social Security. Yeah. Retirement will never happen for us. So, like, that's. That's not something we can do. And honestly, it's happening less and less for the boomers. They're having a lot of them are having to go back to work. Uh, so I uh, I see this as as society moving forward in in like if you've ever seen those those grinding gears that, uh, you know, like those trash compactors that chew anything up, you can take you can take anything oh, yeah. through them and they just like we're, we're the it's rotating. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we're just grinding up everything that's going to come in there. So this is how it's going to go. I really I agree with them. Millennials are going to save us. That is a positive thing. They're going to change fundamentally the way life exists in this country. I hope I'm alive to see it because I want to laugh. Um, I, I just want to. This will work great. <laughs> As you're getting the euthanasia needle. Yeah. You know, it's fine. You know, it's fine. <laughs> what I I look forward to to what's going to happen with that because I am raising my kid to be an ass kicker. So, uh, and I I don't mean like beating people. I mean she's going to be able to make decisions. She's going to be able to to do the things she needs to do and make quality decisions for herself and not be afraid of other people or society or what's going on with those those particular things and i think she is going to have free run of whatever she wants to do because nobody else is around her is going to be able to make a good decision i truly believe that so i'm like oh man this kid's going to be awesome <laughs> so i look hey, forward hey, to I'm, it. I'm seeing that microcosm with my kid in college right now i mean she goes to a small art school and just watching how the what's going on with some of her fellow students and her just looking around going uh yeah these kids are morons <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they are. They don't know how to do anything. They don't know how to make decisions. They don't know how to make. So if you do, it's like a, a person who can see in a blind man convention. You know, like, poof, you know, like it's fine. You're gonna do great, kid. Don't worry about nothing. This is fantastic. I will steer you through these troubled waters. You are gonna be so good. You have no idea. Well, so I, I think we've beaten the healthcare thing to death today. Awesome. And uh, I think you've done a wonderful job of bringing up what our next topic should be, which is kids. Oh, man. 
Both of us have a lot to say about that. Both of us have a lot to say about that. And just so people can start realizing where we're going to go with this, just like the government is starting to tell you that you have no rights to your own health, they're actually also starting to tell you that you have no rights to raising your own children. Uh, so uh, marinate on that. That will be our next topic. Uh, those of you who are sending in topics, if you can't tell, we're kind of trying to ruminate on these things a little bit more in between. So uh, it, they're not coming out as quickly. So we've gotten your topics. We haven't ignored your topics. We just haven't gotten to them yet. So anything else? Oh, I think I've I've spread enough joy today. <laughs> Go millennials. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, dude, that grass is not greener. Go millennials. It's going to be fantastic. I believe in you. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Is this still a coven of capitalism where evil money can acquire a patina of virtue? Yes, that's in our charter. 